0: The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. Again, with that post, Isabel, that you were talking about and that recently you put up on Instagram about you passing your 30-year or 13-year mark with diabetes, how do you feel your relationship with your diabetes has changed over the last 13 years, if at all?
1: I think at the beginning, I was told by so many people, like, oh, it's okay, like, don't worry about it. Like, basically, like, cushioning the blow that, like, for the first few years, I don't think I truly grasped like the severity of the disease itself. I was also, you know, 12 years old. um, So I was just kind of like chugging through life and whatever. Um, But as of like, I think late college and after college graduation, I think I've just gotten like, honestly, more and more frustrated. Like I wish I could say that like I've, I've grown peaceful about it, but I feel like I've just gotten so frustrated because obviously this insurance thing is now something I have to worry about. Like, like realities come into play and like, now I'm working, you know, a job and and all that stuff which means I am now thinking like how much I'm going to pay for insulin. Thankfully my parents help me a lot with my insulin and I'm so grateful for that. They want to make sure that I they'll help me until I'm financially stable myself. Um but just like even me picturing like what would my bank account look like if I were paying for my insulin on my own um is something that I think about a lot and it's just it's a lot of like the adult realities that you don't have when you're a kid because luckily you're cushioned from that and and you're able to be sheltered from a lot of realities. But I've I've been just thinking a lot about like my health in the future. And it's definitely scary. And I feel like I've I've yeah, I've gotten a lot of frustration from it and just sadness overall, unfortunately.
0: Mm. I think even this just this conversation that we're having is almost like a a window into the reality of it in the U S for yeah. anybody who's listening, who doesn't quite realize the the severity of it outside of yeah. the severity of the condition itself. Do you know? Totally. Um, and that's something that what I kind of think about myself in respect to my own diabetes is like, well, I was diagnosed at 19. I was old enough to, Treat it seriously. You know, I was old enough yeah. to kind of do what I needed to do, but I feel as if the longer that I live with it, and the the older I'm not old yet, but the, the longer yeah. that I live with it, and the older that I get, it's almost like well, I consistently know so much more about it, but yeah. I also know that I'm living with it longer, and yeah. it's like the longer that I live with it, the more difficult things may be in relation to the potential impact of it and then yeah
1: totally exactly
0: and then obviously having this conversation it's like wow you have like people in the states have to deal with that emotional and mental side of it along with the physical but also the financial which is yes i know i've said it a couple of times now already but it's just insanity
1: it is really it really is And my diabetes anniversary that I just passed this past weekend, um, is actually the first year that I am, I've had more years diabetic than I have not, because when I was 12, Mm. I was diagnosed and this is year 13. So it's official that like, I've had diabetes longer than I haven't, which is a stark reality. How does that feel? It's weird. I think I felt it more last year when I was coming up on the halfway mark. And I was like, I've now had diabetes as long as I haven't. I think that was a lot more shocking. And now I'm just kind of like, I mean, I, I was 12. So I don't remember a lot of before it, you know, like, it feels like I've, I've dealt with this so long that it feels like it's been literally since birth in my head. Like, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I've always had diabetes when in reality, I haven't. I just barely remember life without it.
0: Mm. A question that I've asked a couple of guests before is obviously we all have our own unique experience. We're all diagnosed at a specific age. And I always wonder what's quote unquote better to be diagnosed younger or Mm. later. So what do you feel? Are you happy? Well, for lack of a better word, are you happy that you were diagnosed earlier rather than later? Or would you have preferred to be diagnosed at an age like myself at 19?
1: It is such a hard question. Um, I do know this one woman who's a family friend of ours who was diagnosed at like age 30. And I feel like she is just so much more. I feel like she cares so much more about it. Like she, she seems, I mean, obviously I don't know how she feels internally, but she seems like so much more like lighthearted about it. And she's like, you know what? I'm taking care of myself. Like she just, I don't know. She seems to be taking care of herself much it seems much easier, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. And maybe it's because she's older than me. Obviously, she's now like 50 something, but she's had it for 20 years. Um, But she got it at such an older age. And I wonder if that's why or if it's just because she's had it for more years than I've had it. I don't know. Um, I feel like I would say I am grateful that I have it. And I think that when I did get it, it made it so that I was just more self-aware and just I feel that I matured earlier than a lot of my friends. And I do think I, I do feel grateful for that. Like I don't feel like I skipped out in a childhood, but I do feel that I was able to mature in a in a healthy way and and just feel I don't know, more I don't more self-aware, really.
0: Hmm. Yeah, another thing that you had said in a question that I asked you prior to press and record was that it's made you extremely responsible and a lot more Mm -hmm. considerate of people in general. Do you feel as if it's made you more responsible in other aspects of your life too?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I just feel like I take my health seriously in general. Um, Like it's not just my diabetes anymore. I mean, I know people. So in 2020, actually September, 2020, I had an appendectomy. I had, um, appendicitis and I went to the hospital and I had surgery. And, um, I was actually telling a friend just one month prior, I was like, you know what? I've recently had like a really irrational fear of having appendicitis. Um, I had just randomly been like freaking out about it. I was like, oh my God, I was constantly thinking like, what if I get appendicitis when I'm like in the middle of nowhere and I don't have a hospital and all that stuff. I was just, for some reason, like really thinking about it. And, um, then a month later, sure enough, I got that pain on my right side. And I was like, I think this is it. I go to the hospital and sure enough, that's what it was. Um, and I think just like, I'm just far more in tune with my body. And I just, my friend thinks maybe like subconsciously my brain was like, you're going to get this, like prepare yourself and know the signs. Um, but I also just think that like, I am just more responsible, like, I know people who have had appendicitis and they just are like, oh, it's fine, like it's just a pain, whatever, I'm just gonna keep going. And then they let it burst and they have to get that huge scar and and it's just far more of a um, important surgery than the one that I had where I was laparoscopic. And so I just feel like I'm just I'm able to take things more seriously. Like it's not it's not as simple as like, oh, it's it's nothing, you know. Like I, I want to know what every little thing is. I wanna make sure that my body's okay, I wanna make sure that you know, I'm not like falling to pieces.
0: Mm. <laughs> That's fascinating you know? that, that you yeah. almost had that, just that instinct. It was
1: insane. And of course it was during COVID. So I was alone. They weren't allowing anyone in the emergency room with me. my dad could not come in. I was doing all the inpatient, the input myself. And then I sat in the emergency room for hours and this was at 2am. And I, got the surgery at 8am. So I was in there six hours alone, chilling with the nurses alone, (laughs) watching the Kardashians on a tiny crappy TV. It was horrible. But I was actually just like so pumped because in my head, I was like, this was my rational fear. And now I'm having this happen in the safest way it could. This is my home hospital. I've been here. I was diagnosed here. Like everything is going to be great. And so I was honestly like happy in that ER. Like I was like, this is the best way this could have happened.
0: (laughs) Literally. That's uh, that's some perspective to have on it. That's wild. Yeah. I can't believe that you uh, you almost saw it coming in a strange sort of way. Yeah. And as well, that's that's similar to a lot of conversations even that I've had, and, and in fairness, kinda of how I feel about it too. It's like when you have to take on the role of an internal organ, you're mm-hmm. forced to understand how your body is with most things and your heightened awareness of how your body reacts and responds and the things that it does or the things that it doesn't do and it's almost like you're just more in tune with how complex things are but also you're more in tune with if things aren't operating let's say as they should yeah we can it's, it's strange, it's almost like we can feel the difference easier and maybe that's why totally. you could forecast the fact that you would you would uh, need that surgery, which is
1: yeah. crazy, crazy. It was nuts.
0: I feel as if we all have our own unique experiences about well with our, our diabetes, the age we're diagnosed, the circumstance we're diagnosed in, our own experiences throughout the years, but Over the past 13 years with your own diabetes and your own experiences and your worries and your thoughts and all these different things that we go through, is there one piece of advice from your own personal experience that you would offer to somebody else might be relatively newly diagnosed?
1: Yeah, I'd say, um, and it's easier said than done, but I would say that yes, be aware and like, don't take it too lightly, but also you do not need to worry too much because as long as you have that kind of awareness of like, I have a disease that takes my body into account and, and things can affect me later in life, you are probably taking care of yourself as well as you could be. Because Mm -hmm. if you have that worry, you are, you know, you are aware and you want to make sure that you're doing well, which means, you know, you're being responsible. I feel like we worry when we are aware and when we're, you know, taking the steps to kind of combat what we're worrying about. Mm. Um, so I, I give myself, I, I, I kind of don't give myself enough slack. I'm like, Oh, my blood sugar should be lower than this. Oh, whatever. But the fact that I'm aware of it and the fact that I've corrected is like all I can do.
0: That's a really good frame to put on that worry, which is, which is nice to hear. I've never really thought about it that way, but you're absolutely spot on because if you didn't care, then you wouldn't be worrying.
1: Exactly. That's the issue.
0: Yeah. I'm going to use that one if you you don't mind. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I've had anxiety since I was like a child. And so like, I um, am always anxious about things, but that just means that I care.
0: Mm. Yeah. I like that. Very interesting. I'm definitely going to use that <laughs> in a future yeah, episode. <laughs> you should, good. So Isabel, recently we did a, another one of these episodes where I basically answered kind of quick fire questions from Instagram, <gasps> right? And there were a couple, a few really enjoyable questions that I answered. And I felt, why not do it with a guest for the first time? I've yeah. never really done like a quick fire round, all right? But I've okay. five questions that I'm going to ask and whatever comes to mind first let us know and yeah. if anything is particularly stand out ish we'll uh, we might go into it in a bit more depth <laughs> all right but okay. the one the one that made me want to do this was i was asked what my funniest diabetic moment was so i'll start yeah. with that what do you feel your funniest? i already know <laughs> what is it
1: <laughs> so um back when i was first diagnosed i was in seventh grade And, um, no one in my school had diabetes and I went to a really small school. I was, I went to the same school for 14 years and I was, I think at seventh grade, there were probably 55 kids in my grade. And then in high school, it became like 82 or something. So it was really small and we all knew each other. And so I was like, I was like, Oh, now I'm the diabetic kid. Like I kind of have to show people what this is. And so I had my little testing kit and I don't know how the testing kits are in, um, you're up but basically there's um a dial on the the meter that you um push up for like your resistance um your finger resistance like the toughness and so it goes from one to nine (laughs) and um i was using like two at this point but i was showing all the kids like how it worked and stuff and i also had like the fake blood to make sure that the meter was working correctly and so (laughs) Me and the the kids would be um, putting the fake blood in our fingers and be like, "Oh, we use the nine. We use like the most intense one. Now our (laughs) fingers bleeding all over the place." Like it was like it was kind of just a way to like I don't know educate the the fellow like peers of mine, but also to like make it lighthearted and make it not so like, "Oh, she's the weird diabetic kid now." You know.
0: (laughs) I like that. It was it was goofy. That reminds me of, um, and did they all think you were even tougher than knowing that you had to do that all the time?
1: I honestly don't know. I, none of them voiced that. Um, but I guess one would assume considering, I mean, kids don't like needles, you know?
0: That's true. It reminds me, I know this isn't a very quick fire round, but, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds me over the years I've tested loads of people's blood sugar just with the finger prick test or whatever and they would see me doing it and I'd say oh do you want me to check your blood sugar and without fail every single person who I check I will pretend you know it goes like three two one and then it gives you the number so I will hold it out of their view and I'll go three two one and then whatever number comes up I'll be like oh oh that's, re- that's really bad really and their face would drop oh, and they'd no. be terrified and then I'll, I'll reassure them that i'm only joking and it's fine and they're perfectly oh, healthy no. but there was one time where i was at a friend's place and we were having a few drinks before we went went on a night out that night and i was checking a few people's blood sugars i was obviously changing the lancet um And everybody was fine, everybody was fine. But I actually checked one person's, and his blood sugars were a lot higher than they should have been. So when I went to say, like, I was about to say, ah, I'm only joking, I'm only joking, but they were actually higher than they should have been. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. And um, long story short, he ended up, as a result, it was actually a good thing, as a result, went to the doctor to do a blood test, and he was. He wasn't diabetic or anything, but he was insulin resistant, almost oh, totally. going towards type two um, and has now since become very healthy as a result, which, which is a good wow. thing. But uh, yeah, it was funny because always I would say, it's a joke, it's a joke, um, but it was higher than he should be. <laughs> okay, back to the quick fire. If you could outsource one aspect of your diabetes management, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, I would probably say just like the knowledge of how foods affect me and, and being able to, you know, calculate the insulin for that, because I feel like a lot of the time when I give myself insulin and for a specific food and it still goes high, I blame myself. I'm like, Oh, I should have known, like I should have given myself more, yada, yada, yada. But I think if I were able to outsource that to someone, at least it wouldn't be so much of myself beating myself up.
0: Leads us nicely into question three: the food that causes most havoc Uh, on your blood sugar and your strategy to try and approach it.
1: So I've been doing a lot of like protein shakes because I've been working out a lot, and that will definitely spike me a ton. Um, That, and then I like to eat peanut butters and apple or peanut butter and apples. Hello, and um, that one is definitely. Um, a spiker because of the you know the fat and the peanut butter so I would say those two are like the main ones that I eat right now that spike me.
0: On the topic of apples, make sure yes. next time you have an apple, take it from the fridge, cut it up and put cinnamon on it. Absolutely unreal.
1: of course. Oh, the so cure good. to diabetes. <laughs> yeah. But it's
0: <laughs> it's hands down my favorite snack right now. I absolutely love it. i eat about three apples okay. a day with cinnamon. So so good. Um, um biggest worry with diabetes and what's something in your control that would potentially help alleviate that worry?
1: I think my main worry is like either lifespan or just like like the effect on my organs in the future. Mm. Um and honestly, I mean like I I I worry about this a lot but only when I have high blood sugar. And I feel like that's a like a small percentage of my life that I actually do have high blood sugar. It just feels like it's the most impactful and affects me the most. So it's it's the one that stands out. But I am I would say for the most part, I am in range. And I think just reminding myself like it 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 will pass. It is not your life forever and this doesn't mean that like you're going to go blind or this doesn't mean that you're going to die at whatever age, like this is Mm. just a blip and you're going to go back into range and it's going to be fine.
0: Love it. It's also important to, for all of us to understand that we cannot live with type one without having higher low blood sugars just doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: It's part of the condition. Obviously we want to try and minimize the, the frequency of them, but they're inevitable. Last one. Describe your diabetes in three words.
1: Oof. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to say stubborn. Um. Mm, this is hard. Mm, Bullheaded.
0: Bullheaded. Yeah. I like that one. Which I guess
1: goes with stubborn. But <laughs> yeah, whatever. I like that
0: one. I like that one.
1: And... Relatively manageable.
0: (laughs) Four (laughs) words, but I'll accept it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll say that was hyphenated.
0: Absolutely. Love it. (laughs) I know we're touching on the hour mark. I know you have work to do today. You've uh, um, an enormous brand to keep uh, marketing for, which is is unreal. I have one more question for you, Isabel, and this is one that I always end these guests podcast episodes with, it's quite unusual. We've had a wide variety of responses to it, but if you had the opportunity to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be?
1: I really think it would just be giving me the self-awareness that I have. I feel like I go through life and I notice how not self-aware so many people are. And I just think like, I feel so grateful that I'm able to be aware of how I am, but also be able to like give others grace for certain things. Like, I feel like the fact that I often have to be given grace for like a high blood sugar f- symptoms or low blood sugar symptoms, things like that. I feel like I am like, you know, these other people deserve it for whatever reason. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's an invisible chronic illness, whatever the case may be. Like everyone deserves like a little bit of like a tight rope, you know, or a mm-hmm. loose rope, I should say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It seems to be a common theme that many type one diabetics out there are very empathetic and compassionate towards others, which is a a beautiful thing. So, Isabel, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And for anybody who doesn't know or doesn't know you yet or hasn't been following you on social media, where can people find and connect with you?
1: So Instagram is my main one, but I'm also hugely in the diabetic community on Twitter. That's like, those are my people. Um, (laughs) And so whenever I'm having a hard time and whenever I want to look for advice or if I want to lift someone up, Twitter is definitely my diabetes spot. So both of those, I am I-M-A-Y-O-R-A-S. I'm AORAS.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Isabel. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Take care. Speak to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes, who want to be fitter, healthier, and happier within my Type 1% Better online program, you can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week, time after time, ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day. Have a good week. Look after those blood sugars. And I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.